Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that is the sound of rock cracking, and you've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net, and I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Glad to have each and every one in. This is a big, big day uh, for this week's show. We're talking about ESG. There's people out there <laughs> that are listening to my voice, and you still don't really know what ESG is means and what's going on with ESG well (laughs) we're talking about environmental and social governance ESG is by private companies and sometimes it's hard to understand how deep they go and it's not a law set up by government but it's a group of private businesses that sometimes may be colluding to uh, work their agenda. And it's not just in the United States. And it's so complex. But today, we got a special guest, Kevin Stockland. And he will bring more brain power to help you understand what's going on. So much so that we're going to do this in part one. And next week's show, we'll have part two. Because... It's incredible amount of knowledge that he knows. Let me tell you a little bit about Kevin, because he goes back. Uh, he, he Kevin Stockland is a writer, a film producer, and former investment banker. Wow, he he knows banks. He knows the economy, and but he wrote and produced. We all fall down the American mortgage crisis. It was a it is a 2008 documentary on the collapse of the U.S. mortgage finance system. So he, he's, he knows banking and what is going on with banks, but they're part of this ESG movement. And so exactly what is ESG? We're going to ask Kevin that. In just a minute, we'll get uh, Kevin on the phone. But first, let's look back last week. Donald Trump was on CNN. <laughs> they had him for, what, a town hall meeting? And uh, the, of course, uh, the moderator, uh, just one uh, person, but she was, uh, uh, she did finally get Trump to call her nasty. He said, you're just nasty. <laughs> and the thing is, it's supposed to last an hour and a half, but CNN pulled the plug on it a little around an hour or so. They pulled a plug because they knew Trump was winning. Trump was getting his way. Trump was, uh, it was a Trump fest, even though CNN did everything they could with the moderator to try to undermine him. And it made the liberals so upset. I I imagine the liberals, those who are donating to 
millions and billions. And I say billions because you got people like Michael Bloomberg. Hey, you got people like Sam Bankman Freeman. You remember him, FTX, Mr. FTX, cryptocurrency, and and they don't know where billions went. And uh, Elon Musk was the one who said, hey, check it out. You know, uh, the Federal Elections Commission thinks, uh, he, he, you know, they say, yeah, he gave $40 million, second largest donor other than George Soros to the Democrats there in the midterm election just before of course <laughs> you know it's like the government knew hey we, we can't take him down to after the election because we need all his money but uh, that I, surely surely the deep state wouldn't have said oh let's jump on this early in September or something no they <laughs> waited it after the election <laughs> uh, now but but anyway, Sam Bankman Freeman, uh, Elon Musk said, "Hey, he suspects he may have donated a billion dollars to the Democrats." Uh, you know, with with deep state, uh, FBI, with the SEC, Gary Gensler being a good buddy of Sam. Uh, I doubt, I doubt, I doubt seriously they'll ever dig that uh, up. It should be, it should be looked into, but. Uh, let, let's go on and get ready for this show about ESG. ESG. And tell, tell others, number one, listen to this show and listen to next week's part two. Kevin Stockland does a great job. So if you know of people who wonder what is ESG, send them a link to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, this show, and do the same for next week. It's important for people to know the depth this goes and what we can do to fight back and what's happening to try to fight back. So uh, let's get Kevin on the line right now. On this week's Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, we have Kevin Stockland. And uh, Kevin, uh, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thank you for having me on. And uh, tell us where you work right now, Kevin. Uh, I'm in uh, Tennessee at the moment. You might be hearing a little bit of thunder outside. We got a big storm rolling in. Okay. Well, Tennessee is a is a great state. I always hear the great state of Tennessee. We know a lot of good things have come from there. And today, on this week's show, we want to talk about ESG. And a lot of people don't even know what ESG is. And so, can you give us a little background about the ESG movement? Yeah, you know, people are learning about this movement. It is going to be one of the most important factors in a lot of people's lives in terms of of energy and and inflation and and culture and everything else. But ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. And it's this umbrella ideology. It includes everything from climate change to uh, racial justice. They even throw in things like gun control and abortion rights. So it's it's um, a collection of really all of the progressive ideologies, and they've gathered together under one roof called ESG. But what people need to understand is it's also an industry. There are tens of trillions of dollars that back this industry, and it's a way to uh, essentially force arm twist uh, corporations all over the world to getting in line behind this agenda 
Um, and it is our money. It's our retirement, our, our retirement money. It's our pension money, our 401k money that's being used by the asset managers that control our money to vote the shares that they own in these companies to compel managers to go along with the agenda. And they've been very successful in doing this over the last couple of decades. Now, Kevin, uh, as you say that over the last couple of decades, and uh, we, we just I've just heard about it the last couple of years. So it's been at it for a while. And you said worldwide. Is this something that came to America from other shores or pretty much started in America and spread around the world? It actually has its origins in the United Nations. So uh, 2005, the concept of ESG was developed and they're pushing, they have their, their sustainable development goals that are coming out of the United Nations. And again, this includes all the things I mentioned, climate, social justice, economic equity, et cetera. But they basically said, look, uh, you know, we're only getting so far with government laws and regulations. We want uh, private corporations to get on board with this as well. And the way that we can control them is we can go to a short list of the world's largest asset managers and get them on board with this agenda. And they are able to turn around and control the corporations. When you invest your money in the stock market, you don't actually go and buy shares in Apple and Ford and GM and Google or whoever. You buy shares in typically a mutual fund or an index fund or something like this. Those asset managers who run those funds, they control those shares. They get to vote those shares. Currently, uh, these the largest three asset managers are BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. Together, they control nearly $20 trillion in assets, other people's money. And they are the largest shareholders in 90% of the companies in the S&P 500 today. Right. And is that a staggering amount of power? Did they... I know you said they've been at this since 2005. Did they do that? By, how do they get control of the boards? Well, uh, so it started out at, at the UN. That's where the idea was hatched. Then they got an organization called the World Economic Forum on board, and they set up a strategic partnership with the United nations to push this agenda and the this is basically a gathering of all of the top ceos and corporate executives and political leaders in switzerland they get together once a year but they also join clubs there's clubs like climate action 100 and the glasgow financial alliance for net zero there's an insurers alliance there's a banking alliance there's an asset managers alliance so they join these various clubs and they pledge to uh, push the agenda, whether that be climate change, whether that be racial equity, whatever, across all of the companies in their portfolio. So that it's, it's really a very ingenious way of getting the private sector on board with this movement. But the, the frightening thing is that it also allows companies to do, it pushes companies to do things that governments can't do. So for example, the US government is prohibited by our constitution from censoring speech, particularly political speech, but they can get uh, the, the um, social media companies to censor speech. So Facebook and YouTube and Twitter uh, are now being charged with censoring political speech leading up to the last presidential election. Um, it is illegal for the government to surveil Americans or collect databases on, for example, gun purchases, but they've been able to get credit card companies and banks to collect data on 
purchases that people might make at gun shops and collect that data and hand that over to the government. So it's a way of getting the private sector to do things that the government is legally prohibited from doing. That sounds, uh, it's incredible we've allowed this to happen. So it's been creeping up slowly, but where uh, where, where have our politicians, our conservative politicians, where have they been? Or why, why haven't we known this? And and I mean, it's who, who who's to blame? Well, I think you're just seeing an awakening really over the last 18 months to two years of people becoming aware of this on the conservative side. You know, this is what's called the long march through the institutions. So this has been going on at our universities and media companies and government agencies. Um, it's really now just starting to become prominent in the in the corporate sector as far as people becoming as far as people becoming aware of it, um, you're seeing pushback, not at the federal level, because uh, the I think the Biden administration is very much on board with this agenda. They want to push all of these issues, but you're seeing it at the state level. So states like West Virginia, Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, um, across the board are taking all sorts of steps to push back against this. They are uh, prohibiting their state pension money from being invested according to these ESG criteria. They are in many cases boycotting uh, banks and asset managers that they argue are discriminating against fossil fuels or gun makers or other industries in their states. Um, and we are starting to see state attorney generals bring or, or work on um, antitrust lawsuits against these companies. And you, you may be seeing a lot of movement in this spring and this summer on, on those fronts. When you say that, let's, let's go back a little bit more for people to understand exactly how prevalent this is. And, and, and it's not something you argue about in government because it goes through the private, our private uh, enterprise. And shareholders, uh, shareholders could say something, but the boards have been influenced over the years. That they got the people on board, like you said, these different groups that pledge to uh, back the agenda. And is there any kind of other than fighting back, like you talked about on the state level? Are there any organizations saying, "Hey, we, we want to do the same thing. We're going to force companies to to go uh, conservative values. Is there anything at all that's uh, out there in the private sector trying to force companies to, uh, to go to the conservative side to neutralize this? There, there definitely are. Uh, so, you know, it's, um, and I would say the pushback is not so much to get companies to go conservative. It's to just get companies to focus on their business and stay out of politics. Wouldn't that be great if we could get companies to get out of politics? <laughs> it used to be companies want to see how they can make money and keep everybody happy, keep shareholders happy. And now we got companies going into politics. And as we see with Disney and DeSantis, we did an entire show about that. And uh, check out our archives and see our Disney versus DeSantis show we did just a couple of weeks ago. But now I'm going to jump in here and we're going to let uh, Kevin return to his thought in just a moment. But let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us on Web Talk Radio. And we're talking to Kevin Stockland. And he's helping us better understand ESG and what's going on out there. 
and he'll continue. And then we're going to have, this is part one, and next week we'll have part two. So for, for number one, for you, be listening to this. But think about your friends and neighbors and those who don't really have a clue what ESG is. So tell them about Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics. Send them a link to the show. And because Kevin's going to really dig down and, and bring out more than uh, you ever realized about ESG. But as we're uh, at this midpoint here, reminding you about the show, uh, I do want to stop and say thank you for those who are buying my new novel. It's called Hatchy, Keeper of the Secret. And uh, for those who don't have it yet, which I know people around the country uh, in the United States can uh, order it. Now, if you live outside the United States, and I know some of our listeners do, and we thank you for listening, but we will have an ebook coming out soon. It's not ready yet, but we're looking for the ebook. But if you live within the United States, you can order it by going to www.hatchybooks.com. And some of you may be asking, how do you spell Hatchy? Well, it's spelled uh, like it sounds. It's a Indian word. It's H-A-T-C-H-I-E. And then books.com. Hatchybooks.com. You put an S on books because why? It is the beginning of a series. So uh, soon, and we hope uh, by the end of this fall, we'll have the sequel to Hatchy, Keeper of the Secret. It's a mystery. It's an action adventure. It's uh, it takes history and really uh, builds on that history. And and it's it's something fresh, new, something that it's hard to describe, other than the fact that it's going to continue to get better and better and better with each uh, book in the series. So I'm excited about it. Thank you for those who've written to me, emailed me. And left messages on a Facebook page. We also have a Facebook page called Hatchy Books. So you can check that out, like it, and find out more about the book as we, we're getting our um, online uh, message out better. Uh, we're getting ready to. We're putting it together, waiting on the ebook to be ready. But thank you for everybody who's uh, said something good about it and read the book, ordered the book, and we're kicking that off. So. Uh, again, if you live in the United States, you can order it by going to hatchybooks.com, and it's uh, $15 and and then uh, $4.95 for shipping. And if you live in the Tupelo, Mississippi area, area, you can come by uh, Doc Holliday's Dental Clinic right there in Tupelo, and or you can go by down historic downtown Tupelo, go by Reed's Bookstore, uh, the Gumtree Bookstore at Reed's. And you can pick up a copy there. So uh, I'm glad to get that out. And uh, and we'll have more going through. But it's exciting. And everybody goes, oh, good, Doc Holliday. You, you're going to put a novel out and have it all about politics? No, you know, this is the thing. There's no politics in the novel. Absolutely. Well, I mean, some may, somebody might see something leaking in calling politics. But it's... Uh, just a good action adventure thriller, and it's just 
I, I can't explain it other than the fact you just got to go uh, order it and read it, okay? Hey, we're going to get back to Kevin Stockland here as we were talking about the, the, the different parts of ESG and what some companies are doing and how some are, you, you know, like I said, what, what's a goal to the to defeat ESG? One of the main goals is just to tell companies, go back to making money and helping the shareholders and lowering the price of your product and and make money in the old-fashioned way. Stay out of politics, all right? Now, let's get back to Kevin Stockland right now. So some of the, the examples that we've seen of these companies following the ESG agenda, you know, the, the whole thing with Bush Light is really just the latest one with Anheuser-Busch. But you saw Disney last year uh, fighting a parent's rights law in Florida that basically said, don't teach sex ed to, to kids kindergarten through third grade. Disney, which brands themselves as a family media company, said that they thought that you should be teaching these sort of things. And so they fought this parents' rights bill in Florida. You had Coca-Cola uh, fighting against uh, voter ID laws in Georgia that people across all races and across all political affiliations overwhelmingly supported. And they did a survey and found that 30% of, of uh, people that they surveyed were less likely to buy Coca-Cola products because of the position that this company took. So time and again, you're seeing these CEOs take action that uh, their, their customers don't like that that hurts their sales and that hurts their share price but they're doing it because they're being arm twisted to to follow this agenda now shareholders are starting just recently to step up and say we're not going to tolerate this um so they are basically demanding that these companies not that they push any sort of conservative political agenda but just stay out of politics if you're if you're a beer company just make beer if you're an entertainment company make good movies and shows right um and so this is the pushback and um the problem is that currently 70 percent of the shares um, on, in U.S. companies are owned by institutional investors. They're not owned by individuals like you and me. They're owned by these big asset managers and pension funds. So it's very hard to win a shareholder vote, even when you can get these motions, you know, up there to a shareholder vote. Um, it's very hard to to win. But they're just starting to turn the tide, and hopefully, more shareholders get on board. I do want to talk to you about solutions or things we can do, or listeners can do. But before we do, I, I we we did talk about last month about the Silicon Valley Bank that um, that was basically bailed out. They said it wasn't a bailout, but that's what they bailed out all the depositors. And but we did we were as researching in that. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but they they did give like seventy three million dollars for the ESG. Uh, and, and very proud of that. Then, then they go bankrupt and find out the the regulator was a lady who uh, was proud to be whatever her progressive part was. She she had no college degree in anything with banking or anything, but she she's the regulator, <laughs> and she was so proud of the seventy three million dollars she got for ESG. She didn't give a rip about the depositors or the shareholders didn't look like because uh, the shareholders lost everything they had. The depositors got saved by the Biden administration, by billions of dollars, but the, the shareholders lost lost their pants, lost everything because the regulator wouldn't even, she, all she cared about, it seems like, was the, 
the fact that you know they had got seventy three million dollars for ESG. But um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. But do you, do you know any cases like that? Yeah. Well, I've been following that collapse, and 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 that is. You know, that's an example of management that gets focused on these ESG matters rather than running their institution properly. So, for example, uh, Silicon Valley Bank had a diversity executive, diversity manager on staff throughout this whole debacle. But for between April uh, of last year and January of this year, they had no risk management officer in place. And so this, this huge mismatch that they were running, you know, between their assets and their liabilities and the liquidity risk they were running and everything else, they didn't seem to be all that concerned about that. But if you look at their 10K filing, they had three full paragraphs dedicated to the risks that that bank was running if the temperature goes up. So again, this is this is a huge example of our, our corporate institutions being diverted from their core missions of serving clients and serving shareholders to following these ideological things whether that's climate change, whether that's racial equity or whatever. And I will say one other note, you know, people say, well, the shareholders, you know, lost all their money, you know, the the account holders were made whole, but the shareholders got wiped out. Um, And they think that those shareholders are some fat cats on Wall Street. Those shareholders are us. So that's our pension money. That's our savings. That's where our investment goes. When we want to retire in however many years that may be, um, you know, we are the shareholders in all these companies. We're the ones who are going to take this hit. It's not Wall Street, it's us. And so to, for the shareholders to get wiped out, you know, that that hurts all of our retirement. That that's that's another five or 10 years that we, you know, may not have enough money for retirement because these companies' share prices are getting wiped out by this. It's it's frightening. It's also disgusting. And the fact that it's going on and it almost looks, I mean, I, I, as I've studied it, and that's one reason we got you on the program, it, it seems like they've won. <laughs> I, I don't want to say the game's over, but I mean, they have so intertwined themselves into the boards, into the institutions that control the money. I mean, uh, what what can we do now? Now I do want to hear some solutions. What, what can we do other than just give up and <laughs> say it's over? Uh, yeah, well, you know, the 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 powers behind this movement are formidable. It's it's tens of trillions of dollars of, of Wall Street money. It's virtually the entire Biden administration. Um, it's most Western governments. Um, and effectively today, it's it's most uh, CEOs of most corporations. But I don't want to um, paint a picture that that all is lost because it really isn't. Um, we are seeing quite a lot of pushback at the state level. And I, I mentioned some of the things that they're doing. Um, state governments, state legislatures, um, state governors and, and, and state treasurers are boycotting uh, banks and asset managers that are taking these positions. And they are, those asset managers, as big and powerful as they are, are starting to backpedal. And, you know, banks like JP Morgan are starting to say, hey, we're, we don't discriminate against fossil fuels and uh, and they don't want to get the reputation of, of following this movement. Um, you know, consumers are starting to become aware and they're starting to push back as well. Um, and again, it's it's not that consumers want their beer or their Coke products or their their family entertainment to be left or right or anything. They just want them to stay out of politics. But the third area that's perhaps most important um, is antitrust. 
And I think we're going to see some antitrust lawsuits being brought against these companies and these global uh, clubs, whether that's Climate Action or um, you know G Fans or the other ones that I mentioned that that support this agenda. Um, you are not allowed as corporations in the United States to collude with other companies against certain industries or, or, or other companies. So, for example, when these companies sign pledges at Climate Action that they're going to uh, reduce the use of fossil fuels, um, that is corporate collusion against the fossil fuel industry. That's illegal under U.S. antitrust laws. And if we had a, uh, a federal attorney general that was interested in, in enforcing these laws, uh, th this sort of collusion would end overnight. We don't have that today, unfortunately, but we are seeing state attorney generals um, start to bring antitrust lawsuits. There's also civil rights lawsuits. So, for example, if you are forcing uh, diversity, equity, inclusion training on your employees um, or discriminating against them because of their race or their gender or any other issue, um, you are violating U.S. civil rights laws. And so we are, I think, increasingly going to see employees or perhaps even class action lawsuits against these companies for setting racial quotas and things like this that are illegal under U.S. laws. So I, I think that we are one good class action lawsuit away from whether it's antitrust or civil rights uh, seeing a lot of these companies start to rethink what they're doing. Well, Kevin, I, I appreciate you bringing those points and, and explaining why it would be violating the antitrust laws we have about, as far as companies colluding. And that's exactly what they're doing when they're, 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 they're pledging <laughs> together. That's colluding. And, and, and the civil rights. It's sort of funny thing about the states have to protect the U.S. civil rights because the federal, federal government won't do it. Or I should say this regime or this administration won't protect the civil rights when it comes to the ESG policies. Now, <laughs> wow, did, did you learn much from Kevin Stockland? I sure have. And I and it will continue next week with part two. We're going to stop right there. And I appreciate you listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Hey, I told you that um, when we did the DeSantis versus Disney show couple of weeks ago told you i may have to go down to uh, disney world and check it out and i may do that uh, just to see see some of the input that uh, we learned from that show uh, from the uh, forbes uh, uh, writer so uh, a lot of things going on and doc holiday is putting a light on things that you may not hear other places so thank you for listening we'll be back next week with kevin stockland part to see you then thanks for joining us today and remember to listen again next week for another edition of doc holiday's rock splitting politics you can order ed's new book bedrock truths by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit doc thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week